It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On, Locked On Wizards Podcast. It's your host, the real Ed Oliver, and my guy, Brandon Scott, your co-host. Your co-host. What's good, Wizards fans? I just want to thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. Today, this episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and link and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, so... Unfortunately, Israel was eliminated from Eurobasket. They played against Czech Republic with Tomas Sadoransky, former Wizard, and also Jan Vesely, former Wizard. They were eliminated. They lost 88-77. to 77. They put up a good fight and a, a good effort. They uh, they were down for the majority of the game. It was 63-65 to 65 at one point in the second half. They were really, really close, um, where they cut it to five, and it was really, really close. Um, what was your main takeaways from the game, and, and what, what was the good? We'll start with the good. For Denny's performance, what was your main takeaways from the game overall? Um, the, the good I would take from the game, especially for Denny, was he struggled, but he almost he almost had a triple double. So mm-hmm. you know he was still the the oh man the vision. I mean the vision was unreal tonight. I mean you know his passing was nice. I mean shoot a couple examples second quarter the pass for the layup, you know for the score, and then I, another pass that stood out to me was the third quarter to Levy for the easy score. Um, his vision was on point tonight. And like I said, his rebound, he still rebounded. So even when he struggles, he still contributes in other ways. And uh, even in a shot I liked, fourth quarter, that fadeaway in the corner. <laughs> that was a nice shot. So um, even when he's still, you know, when I noticed through the tournament, even when he struggles, you know, he, he still contributes in other ways. So, you know, all in all, still impressed with the performance last night. Definitely, yeah. The path, the vision was was crazy. I mean, that's that's you know, it shows the potential. If he if he gets the ball in his hands, if if West Huntsville Jr. is going to use him as a point forward, and I I can see that happening with the second units. You know, I don't know if Denny does earn a starting spot. You know, we'll see if they use him as a point forward, getting the ball to Bragg and the ball to Porzingis, Monte Morris, whoever, or or Rui Kuzma, whoever. But Denny was really controlling the game at some points, um, getting the ball at the top of the key, a lot of behind the backs in between the leg dribble moves, beautiful passes to Levy, like you said, beautiful passes on the fast break to Sorkin, where the big man Sorkin had a behind-the-back move and then dunked it. I love that. So Denny was really, really good in transition. Um, he was really, he just had, like, eyes in the back of his head, the side of his head. He just really had good vision 
um, as a point forward. So I, I could definitely see Denny as a secondary ball handler. We've seen it in games before. We just haven't seen it consistently or him used in that role in that way. So that's something that I do want to see uh, for this upcoming season. Um, but overall from the game two, I mean, Tomas, he just he, – he dominated the game at times. He really controlled the game. He was like a magician out there controlling the offense. I mean, he almost – Denny almost had a double-double, uh, triple-double. Denny did have a double-double in the game. Um, looking at the numbers, Denny had 12 points, uh, 11 assists, and eight boards. So he flirted with a double-double. Same thing with Tomas. Tomas almost had a double-double. Jan Vesely as well had a really solid game, 7 for 10 from the field. Uh, but they really weren't able to stop um, Czech Republic from the three-point line. Czech Republic, they shot 13 for 23 from the three. They were they had a tough time stopping the Czech Republic. Oh, absolutely. That three-point shot from the Czech Republic is pretty much what dug that hole that Israel just couldn't get themselves out of. I mean, like you said, they came within five, but, you know, they, just, they were playing from behind most of the game. And, you know, Zadaransky, you know, another reason why I thought we should have brought him back, they – kept the pace rocking the entire time. And you, you saw many times where, you know, the Israeli team got caught off guard with the with the pace that the Czech Republic was playing with. You know, they they they, re, they put the foot on the metal or foot on the pedal and it just kept <laughs> right. driving, man. So yeah, the Czech Republic, I mean, wow. They they got they had a fast team. Very mm -hmm. impressed with their performance. Right. They definitely did. They out rebounded Israel as well. They had Israel had 29 rebounds and then the Czech Republic had 43 rebounds. So they, they look like a bigger team out there. They had another big man, number 12, who had seven rebounds. He didn't play much in the second half, but uh, Jan Vesely was re rebounded um, pretty well out there as well. He had seven boards too. Um, but I, I thought they out-rebounded Israel. But Israel, they, they did put up a fight. There was another guy uh, for Czech Republic. He had, I want to say 25 points. I'm looking at the box score right here. He had 25 points. His name is Vojtek Herbin. I'm not sure if you remember the dunk that was in the first half by Czech Republic. They dunked on Sorkin. Uh, FIBA basketball, they actually put it up and said that Denny got dunked on, but it wasn't Denny. It was, it was um, Sorkin that got dunked on. But Tomas, and like you said too, man, Tomas is a guy that I I, I did want to see the Wizards bring back if it was on a favorable uh, deal. But, you know, I, I heard, uh, I want to say Chase Hughes said that, you know, um, Tomas wanted to be closer to his family. So he's playing overseas um, this, this upcoming season. But, yeah, they were unable to, to stop Tomas to get into, into the paint. But um, Denny, once again, 11 points, played really, really well. I love the way he played. Other guys stepped up for Israel, too. Yam Madar, who's a young guy, I thought he shot the ball really well, too. Um, Blatt had a good game. Um, and then looking at the box score, too, there was another guy who had a good game, too. Uh, Janat, I'm probably mispronouncing his name. He had 15.7 for 9 from the field. Oh, I've quickly become a fan of his Israeli team. You know, there's a lot of talent on this team. Um, obviously, the headliner is Denny because, you know, he plays in the NBA. But, you know, like we discussed a couple of episodes ago, you know, I would not be disappointed with a pipeline coming the Israeli team because mm -hmm. there's a lot of talent in, you know, in this region, man. There's a lot of talent. And, you know, even with Euro basketball, like we discussed before, you know, there hasn't always been a lot of love for Euro basketball. And now they're showing up. So, you know, I like, you know, I wasn't a big FIBA guy. You know, this is my mm -hmm. first year really watching FIBA intensely, and I'm a, I'm a big fan now. There's a lot of talent overseas, and that, and, you know, if you look at the dynamic of the NBA overall, that's, you know, that's good because there's a lot of overseas talent come over the NBA, a lot of it. So I'm impressed by what I saw. 
Yeah, it was high intensity. The competition they were running, it was it was a fast paced game and a physical game as well. Um, the stands were packed. I mean, it was passionate. Guys playing for their country. So this was my first time watching Eurobasket. I always I usually just watch the Olympics and then whatever USA is in. But I, I never really watched um, you know Eurobasket. My first time. But I, I've heard that they're going to be back in three years. This is a young team. Yam Madar is going to be back. Denny's going to be back. Uh, the majority of their roster is going to be back. So I am intrigued to see how they did. I think the big backbreaker for them was that Poland, the net was the Poland that they lost to was Slaughter, where Slaughter threw the ball off of Denny's back and then he scored like a like Mike type of basket. Um, but the back that that game really, because if they won this game, they would have made it to the round six of 16. The Finland game really stood out to me. Denny had a heck of a game that game. Um, the Netherlands game, Denny had a heck of a game. And then he had a bad game against against Poland where they doubled him. But you have to, you know, be ready for that. You have to be better. You have to be ready for double teams. Teams are going to they're going to send different defensive coverages at you. And when you're the best player on a team or arguably the best player on the team, you have to be ready for they're going to throw the kitchen sink at you. So he he just has to be ready for that. Um, but we're going to get to some more about Denny, the good and then the bad. And then we'll probably get to a hot take at the end. And then we're going to do a Washington Commanders. Uh, prediction too because they do play the Jags. Yes, sir. We both got a commander's gear on. They do play the Jags on Sunday. This will be their first, their first uh game of season. I can't wait. I can't wait. But before we do get to that, this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your pro and college football betting needs and sports info this season. Find all the latest football leagues, developments, game matchups, news, and podcasts, including this year's opening week's games. BetOnline is also your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MLB, MMA, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. BetOnline with the game starts. So definitely put your bets on on Washington, man. I, I got them getting the dub. So definitely put your bets in on Washington and put them on Bet Online. But Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in LA, and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad free right now by joining Wondery Plus. All right. Um, what was the good? What was the bad or improvement areas that you wanted to see from Denny from this game? Where do you, where did you see you you want to see him improve and and, and translate it to the uh, NBA games this upcoming season? Um, and that's a good question, man. Um, overall with the tournament, you know, when he played bad, you, you saw some of those I'm not, demons as far as getting down on himself from, you know, last mm-hmm. season, but he really stepped up quickly in this tournament. You know, he, he, like I said, even when he had bad games, he still contributed, you know, and to me, that's impressive. You know, that's something that I really like what I saw from this through the tournament, you know, the FIBA, because, you know, look, he played, he shot 
five for 16 and still almost got a triple double. So, I mean, you know, he, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, he played well, you know, I, I can't see too much to improve on except for the, the middle part of the game. That's probably the only thing I can see he needs to work on is just, you know, you're going to have off games, you know, always contribute. Even if you're not, even if the shot's not dropping, rebound, defend, you know, the vision. So, you know, he really stepped up through FIBA. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, I, I thought he played well, and he, he showed that he can impact the game in different ways. I thought he had a nice block on defense, too, the passing, the way he can move his feet and guard one through four. There was times where he was guarding on Vesley out there. There was times where he had to guard Laurie Markkinen throughout the tournament, and he had to you know be the defensive stopper on Laurie Markkinen and guard their best players. So um, I think that's definitely a translatable skill. Now, for me, this game, he was one for seven from the three-point line. Um, I thought some of the shots were a little forced. They were off, but at the same time, I don't want to contradict myself because I was saying that I wanted to see him be more aggressive, especially in the Netherlands game. Now, he took some tough shots. Some of the threes were tall or tough. He took one three where I wrote my notes. I wrote down on my notes. Um, Denny had a, he had really a tough, bad shot selection. from the, It was kind of like a heat check three, but he wasn't hot enough to have a, hot, have a heat check because he wasn't hitting the threes in the first place. He was one for seven. Um, Jan Madar got a steal. They got a stop. And um, he took a three that was way behind the arc. And I know he's been working on that with Drew Hanlon, but at the same time, just in the flow of the game, it was so quick in a shot clock. It really kind of deflated the, uh, the offense in the flow of the game. And I think check went down and uh, they hit a three on the next play. So um, that's something that I, I definitely wanted him to work on, but I love the confidence. and I love the aggressiveness because that's something we didn't really see him do um, last year. And uh, I want to say it, it was either against Netherlands or Finland where he was on the ISO and he was, you know, basically dancing with the ball crossovers between the legs at a step back, hit a three. And that was huge in that game. And they won that game. So, um, but yeah, it was 84 to 77. Denny passed the ball out for a three. It was on a fast break. I didn't like that. Um, and then I didn't like a call from the ref where the ball was out on Jan Vesley down the stretch. I thought Jan hit the ball. Denny, Denny had his hand on the ball, but Jan hit it from behind. Um, and then Denny took it to the basket on Jan. And he airballed the uh, layup on the other side of the rim. So those are the critiques that I, I had for um, Denny. There was one time where he should have just went up on a fast break too. He pump fake and waited for the defender to get there. And sometimes when you wait for the defender to get there, they, they already have you. But they did call a foul. He did miss the free throw. So down the stretch, he missed that free throw. And then down the stretch, um, he was off from the three. The whole game, he was off from the three. From the three. So one for seven from the field. Um, but like you, like you brought up, he he made some really good passes throughout the whole game. Yeah, I mean, even though his shot didn't drop, aggre- mm-hmm. aggression is what I want to see. You know, right. if you look at these top scorers in the NBA, you know, even when their shots not dropping, they, they they're still aggressive. You know, they mm-hmm. still have that dog in them. You know, and that's just that's what separates the average from the best is that you know you never stop with the aggression. You're always you know, and that's what keeps the focus on you and really opens up the game for other guys around you. You know, if you're always aggressive and the defense is always centered on you, you know, it's going to bring opportunities. And when you add the passing that he's shown, you know, when he's on the floor, he's going to he's gonna be a playmaker. He's going to make guys around him better. And that's good to see from, you know, other players other than Bradley Bill because, you know, last couple of years, you know, it felt like a lot of that burden was put on his shoulders, playmaking, you know, trying to set up, set other people up. So if you can have another guy on the floor with Brad that can, you know, make plays and really open up the floor, that's a that's a plus, you know, for this team going forward. So 
Hundred percent. Yeah, I can see him being a connector, um, getting down the floor. Like you brought up that dog in him. That's what we want to see. That's because that's what's going to separate him. You know, the the bad nights. You know, how how is he going to respond from off shooting nights, or can he do other things uh, when he's not knocking down shots? Which I think, which he certainly can do. He can defend and he can really pass and he can rebound. He rebounded the ball uh, really well too. So that's something that I like too. How how good of a rebounder he was. So throughout the tournament, he averaged fourteen point six points a game, eight point two boards, and four point six assists. A steal and a block. He did suffer a hand injury in the third game. Um, after that, his percentages went down a little bit. Um, and then one of, there was another stat that I found. So his final shooting splits, he was 33% from the three, 40%, 47% from the two from the field, 72% from the three from the free throw line. Yeah. You know, you 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 saw the struggles, but like I said, overall, he took a step forward. You know, through this tournament, and, right. and if he can, if he can bring this aggression, and he can bring this basketball IQ into training camp, you know, it's my opinion. I think that by the deadline, he should be the starting wing. You know, especially if the you know the defense is still an all NBA style defense. You know, if the if the shot can drop, I mean, he's he could be that three and D wing that we we've been looking for for some time. So yeah, he had his struggles, and against you know. Bigger talent, you know, as far as I don't want to say bigger talent, but you know, Jokic. I mean, he's you know, he's got a couple of MVPs. So, you know, against you know, even if you look at the polling game, you know, Slaughter, you know, was putting in work. So, you know, he's had his struggles, but overall, I'm very happy with what I saw from Denny. And you know, I'm very, very enthusiastic about you know this, him taking a step forward this season coming up. Right. Yeah. And yeah, he's going to be battling with Will Barton, who's a guy for, you know, for that three spot or, you know, that four spot, really, really the three spot because he played majority of his minutes at the three. And I think Kuz was going to start at the four. So the, the really one spot that's open to start. And like I said, I don't want to put too much stock on starting. It's about who finishes the games, you know, who's going to be in that, that last, you know, five minutes, that last four minutes, um, you know, or, or we're going to need him for defensive purposes, you know, so who's going to get, who's going to get the bulk of the minutes, you know, Will Barton, you know, he he's 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 super aggressive and we do need Denny to be more aggressive. We need him to, you know, be more uh, aggressive, you know, taking the shots that are there. Don't hesitate. If you got to open three, knock it down. That's th- that's something that I saw, too. He didn't hesitate on any threes, any a wide open three that he saw. He took it. And that's something that we want to see from him. That's a swing skill for him. And that's that's I think that's something that he worked on from with Drew Hanlon as well. Finishing around the rim, too, is going to be a big swing skill for him as well. Oh, absolutely. I, I totally agree. You know, you're not, not hesitating. You know, you saw a lot of that last season, and especially, mm-hmm. you know, his rookie year, you know, hesitating. And I think, you know, learning the pace of the NBA game, it, it taught him a little bit, you know, because, you know, one thing I saw from defense through FIBA is that, you know, they're not always really intensely in your face. You know, they give a lot of space, you know. You know, there's there's a couple guys that I saw that, kind of had intense defense, but overall, you know, I saw a lot of space and a lot of opportunity to get the shot off. So, you know, that's why you saw, you know, and no disrespect, you know, to AJ Slaughter, but that's why you saw a lot of, you know, good performances from a lot of guys you didn't expect it from because, you know, the defense was given a lot of breathing room, but, you know, the NBA, they're not going to give you that. You know, you got to be able to get that shot off quick. So if he can bring that shot release and that, that confidence, you know, in dealing with defenses, he's going to be another weapon. You know, and that's what we need. We need weapons around Brad Bill. You know, he can't, you know, we need people that's going to help him with this, you know, help take the load off his shoulders. And that's why, you know, I like what I see from KP. I think Kuz is going to help with that. So, you know, one more guy, man. You know, if Denny can really step up, you know, 
this team's gonna be dangerous going forward. It mm-hmm. really is. Right. Yeah, I do want to see him and and Rui and Kuz play together. It'd be a dangerous lineup of wings that are six foot nine with long arms that are versatile that can do different things. Kuz is a good passer. He's a good rebounder. He can shoot the ball. Denny's a good passer, rebounder, defender. Uh, Rui's a good you know shooter now. He's been shooting the ball well. He can score. He can score out of the post. He's a, he's a long defender as well. So I'm intrigued to see what these guys do. And I want to see Denny play more with, with Porzingis too. You know, lobs, get into the basket. Same thing with Gafford and, and getting the ball to Bill. So I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. The Wizards are a sleeper team. If Denny can take a leap and Rui can take a leap, Kispert, all the young guys can take a leap. The Wizards are definitely a, a sleeping a sleeping fighter, a sleeping a sleeping competitive team for sure. So, But all right, we're going to get to one of the hot takes. Um, that from yesterday. So we had three hot takes. We're going to get to one today. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Uh, This one is from Twitter. Uh, This is from DMV underscore Scott. He says, a healthy Wizards team makes the playoffs. Kuzma top three on team and assists. Denny shoots 37% or higher from deep. Um... I do agree that if they're healthy, they, they are a playoff team. Mm-hmm. Um, as far as assisting for Kuz, I, I don't see three because we have too many other guys that, you know, I, I could easily see, you know, obviously uh, Morris, Daylon, um, Denny, you got Brad. You know, I, I see too many guys that hit a Kuz that would, would be up there with assists. You know, I really do see Kuz being more of a shooter this season. You know, I see him. You know, I see his three point in it, in his percentage overall getting a lot better. So, you know, I, I, overall, I do agree. I think a healthy, you know, this team is definitely a playoff team. You know, health has always been the issue. You know, so mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah, so I'm looking up the numbers too. Brad, Brad led the team in assists last year with six point six per game. Uh, Kuzma was behind Tomas with three and a half assists per game. Ishmith averaged five point two. Um, Wanamaker only played like one game, so he averaged seven. Didn't really average five point eight assists per game, but for total assists on the season, I know Kuzma played a lot of games. He played probably the most games out of majority of people on the team. Kyle Kuzma played in sixty six games. Brad played in forty games. Of course, Dinwiddie he got traded. Um, Kuz was third on total assists. I I think it could happen again. Um, Kuz did have a triple double. He did have a couple games where he had a, a good amount of, of sit of assists. Now I know um playing with Brad and Porzingis, you know, you know, Monte, will he have the ball in his hands as much as he did last year? Because you know, he was the number one option on the team when Brad went down. You know, he was the number two option next to Brad at times, too. So um, but I, I can see him being third on the team. But like you said, I think Monte will be up there. 
Um, Brad will be up there too. Denny, Denny may be up there too. He may be up there with assists, you know, if they, if they use him the way he was in FIBA, but that's the only thing with FIBA, you know, I don't know if he's going to have the ball in his hands as much as he did with Israel, because, you know, he was, he was the best player on the team on Israel. And, you know, the, the offense ran through Denny a lot, you know, so are they going to run the offense through Denny in the regular season with the wizards? I can see it happen with the second team, but to answer about Kuz, I think I think he'll answer, I think he'll finish around. He'll I I wouldn't disagree. I, I think he can do it. He's a really good playmaker. I love the way Kuz. He he had a lot of behind the back passes, and there was this running joke on social media where he would do the um, no look pass, but it wasn't really like a no look pass. He would try to do that. So, um, but Kuz was a good player. And then he had the one game where he almost had a triple double. He had an Andre Blatch type moment where he got upset because I think Corey Kispert didn't shoot the three, or he shot the three and he missed it, and he almost had a triple double. So Kuz. That's my guy. I love Kuz. Kuz Kuz is one of my favorite players on the team. So I think he can do it for sure. Um, That's from DMV under Scott on Twitter. And then what are your thoughts on Denny shooting the 337% or higher from deep? Um, I mean, it's a step in the right direction. I mean, you know, his Mm. shot's getting there. Um, I do see him taking a lot more threes this season. You know, I mean, because think about it. Look at at Rui. I mean, really, you know, his his three point shot was pretty much non-existent. Now he you know he's stepping back there with confidence, and he's hitting some good shots. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's scary. I mean, like you said, this is a really big sleeper team because, you know, there's not a lot of big marquee guys that's going to wow you on this on this roster, but there are good, really under the radar talent on this team. You know, and and with KP, it's always been a health thing. You know, even with Brad, you know, you know, Brad, people forget early in his career, you know, he, he had a lot of injuries, you know, so he has shown that he, you know, if you take last year out of that equation, that he's been a lot more durable in later years. But, yeah, I mean, Denny, <laughs> the shot, you know, the confidence, he's going to, he, you know, with the confidence, he's going to start taking those shots. So, and like I said, it has another weapon. You know, that's what we needed is another three-point shooter. So if he can shoot the ball with consistency, you know, it's a, it's a big plus for us. Yeah, so I'm going to take the under on that. I don't think he's going to shoot 37% from three. Shot 31% from three his first two seasons. Um, so that would be a big leap. Now, like you said, Rui made a big leap to 44% on the on, from three. Um, you know, it, was, it wasn't the highest volume, but, you know, I'm not going to stick my nose up on the way. Rui shot the ball really well from the three last year. Um, and this is, you know, we've talked about a lot with Drew Hanlon working on his three on his three-pointer. Um, I would, I, I'm taking 35%. I think 35% from three would be really good because he would be more respectable from the three where you did see some defenses in the NBA last year, you know, kind of sag off him and not respect him from the three-point line. So I, I would love to see Denny be a, a threat from the three-point. It would open up so much more for this offense because if guys go out and close out on him, then you, you just go right by guys and create a shot. Then you can see an easy pass to Porzingis or an easy pass to Gaffer for a dunk or kick out to Brad for the three or kick out to Monte Morris. It would open up a lot for the offense or even with the bench unit. Kicking out for uh, kicking out to Rui for three, or uh, Denny just going to the basket and finishing and dunking. He dunked a couple of times in FIBA, which is what I want to see him do more. I do want to see him punch and dunk on people. He's six nine. He's athletic. He's athletically gifted. I think he's able to do stuff like that and finish through contact. That's what I want to see him do more. Um, so I do think the three ball would definitely help his game out and make him make his offensive game more versatile, add more versatility, um, and make him more dangerous offensively for sure. So I'm I'm gonna. I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna agree with the first one with Kuz, and then I'm not uh, I'm gonna disagree with the uh, second one, but not by much, not by much. So, all right, but let's wrap up with the Commanders here. They play the Jags at one o'clock on Fed at FedEx Field 
1 p.m. on what is it? Is it on Fox or CBS? I got to see. Um, but it, it doesn't really matter. It's supposed to be a little rainy on Sunday as well. Brandon, you're going to the game, right? Oh, yes, sir. I'll be there bright and early, ready to rock. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We are both diehard Commanders fans. We both got our gear on. Um, so the, the Commanders, if you're listening for better online, the Commanders are, are favored by two and a half points. The game is on Fox. What's your three keys to victory? And then give me a score prediction. Three keys. Uh, one, I think Wentz needs to just let the game come to him. Don't mm-hmm. try to do too much. You know, you got talent, man. You know, rely on the talent. Let, let the talent play. You know, don't have to, you know, don't feel like you have to, you know, do too much. That's one. Two, Antonio Gibson, ball protection. You know, look, hold on to the ball. You're the man now. You know, so hold on to the ball. Three, communication on defense. You know, this, this defense, we got some injuries. But, you know, if communication is key, then, you know, I think they can play a decent job on D. So that's my three. Oh, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> Prediction. <laughs> um, you know, at first I said 24-17. But you know what? I don't like the mm-hmm. fact that there's so much hate out there for my man Wentz. So but I think <laughs> I think he's going to show out. 34-17. Okay, okay. I like it. I like it a lot. 34-17. Make it, make it comfortable. You know, you can just sit back, kick back, relax. You don't have to be on the edge of your seat. Putting up thirty-four points—that's that's what I want. I want. I want. A, I want. I would love to get a two-score victory. I love for that to happen. My keys for the game, of course. I mean, you basically stole mine too. Carson Wentz, just take the layups, take the easy ones. If Gibson's out there in the flat or McKissick's there in the flat, don't force it down the field. Let your weapons work for you. You got Curtis. You got Jahan Terry. Spread the wealth as well. Um, and, and Gibson, like you said, ball security. We got to. I, I still believe in Tano Gibson. I think he's still a good back. I know the fumbles. Um, a lot of people are down on him for that. And he got basically demoted. You know, Brian Robinson's out now after being um, shot. You know, he's, he's, he's recovering quicker than normal. Um, so, yeah, run, I, I want them to establish the run, open up the play action. Uh, you know, I want to see some play action, throw the ball to Terry downfield. But let's get that run game going. Like last year, when we had that four-game winning streak, we were riding the backs of Antonio Gibson and playing some stout defense. So I, that's what I want to see us to get back to. Um, there and you saw, saw how, how the Colts were successful too with Jonathan Taylor. I think that worked out best for Carson Wentz when they were winning games. Um, and then, like you said, on, on the defense, uh, Joey Sly's got to make his kicks too. I don't want to leave him out. And then on the defensive, defensive side of the ball, you hit the nail on the head communication. Um, last year, we let guys run past us a lot. You know, Jameis Winston hitting the Hail Mary and Darius Slayton running wide open, uh, Cordell Patterson running wide open. And Jack Del Rio, he's talked about communication too. You know, OTAs last year, he blamed on that because we had a lot of new guys. Um, but I'm looking for William Jackson to step up and Kendall Fuller. Same thing with Ben St. Juice. So um, the defense, the back end has to step up. But Montez Sweat, I'm looking for a big game for him from him and John Allen and the Bama boys up front. Um, I got I got us winning 20 to 16. I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. And obviously the turnover battle, like, like you brought up too. So that's my thoughts on it. Yeah, I'm hype. I'm just hyped this football season, man. So <laughs> I'm ready to roll. But I think, you know, hey, you know, Jacksonville's not going to be a pushover. But, right. I th- you know, I, I think it's a win. And, you know, even if you look at Detroit, and I, I was watching, uh, what was it, Hard Knocks with them in camp. And, mm-hmm. you know, you see a certain fire out of Detroit you ain't seen in a long time. You know, I, I like Dan Campbell at, at Hickok. So, you know, I think that we're going to be tested these first four games. You know, it's going to be a measuring stick. You know, we could eat, you know. We could easily go four and zero. We could easily go two and two. We can easily go on four, you know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, I just want to see it. I want to see some fight out of this team, especially defensively. You know, you, we got guys out, but you know, hey, bring that fire, bring that dog out, you know, because hey, the fans, we gonna be there, baby. So let's mm-hmm. get it. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, if they start at zero four, then I, I need somebody to get fired for sure. 
<laughs> but I just want to thank you guys for listening. We hope everybody has a good weekend. Um, definitely, you know, the commanders post your uh, prediction and score for this one down below in the comments section as well. And make sure you guys subscribe to us on YouTube and hit the notification bell. Um, but before we head out, we just want to thank you guys for making Locked On Wizards your first listen every day. For your second listen, get up to date on the latest news and rumors in the NBA in just 30 minutes every day with Locked On NBA. Locked On NBA, your daily NBA update in just 30 minutes. Hail to the Wizards. Peace. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.